Welcome to Spirit Fusions. This is an honor and a privilege. I am sitting with the one and only Aaron Yarnell. I want to share a quick story. My, my wife lost her job. It was on a Friday night, lost her job. It was this dream career that she had. And all of a sudden it's just gone. And the next morning we found out we're pregnant with our first child. And so there's just a lot of uh, uncertainty going on, you know, and just feeling kind of weird. I, I felt good, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's understandable. And so we come out to your church. I just wanted to take a Saturday night and be with the Lord. And so we come out to your church. You guys were doing a, a Saturday night service at that time. And Holy Spirit spoke to you through you to Rebecca and gave her a word saying that she was, you saw her working on manuals, like work, workplace manuals. Yeah. And we're like, well, whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, Aaron's a nice guy, but yeah, <laughs> well, lo and behold, a few months later, a friend of mine reaches out and he knows somebody that needs some work done. She gets the work all the way done. And then Holy Spirit reminds her of that word that she'd be working on manuals. And guess what? That all that work was rewriting these manuals. It, it was amazing. Yeah. I love how the Lord would just, I love how when that happens, not only does it bless us, not only did it bless my wife, but it blesses you because you know that you're hearing. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm a, I'm a crier. I, I will cry this whole time, bro. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And I, um, and I might yeah, not. That, that doesn't mean I'm bad. <laughs> that's, um, that's, I hearing those testimonies coming back, um, knowing the impact, uh, you prayed before we started about this opportunity to just, you know, to Lord, let this just touch one life. And that's my prayer I make every morning. Um, Lord, from the beginning of this journey, and I've only been in this, I'm coming up on nine years of sobriety and seven and a half years walking in the spirit of the Lord. And every day I wake up and say, Lord, let me touch some life today, just one life today. And I just assumed he was going to give me one person over my duration of my life because I had so much mess to work out of. And he gives me one after another, after another, after another. And in the last 10 days, I can count hundreds that I've had the interaction with one-on-one, -on -one, speaking prophetically over, praying over, uh, healing, watching you know, the, the Lord heal him um, and just move like he, he does. Um, and so it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you. And it's an honor just to be used by the Lord. Make me useful, Lord. You know, uh, uh, make me as change in your pocket and, and spin me as you please, Jesus. Just you know, let me let me be that that little dime that that finishes off somebody's you know uh, need in that moment. So yeah. So oh, amen. Yeah. Well, take us back, Aaron, because you do have kind of a wild story. <laughs> a little bit, man. A little bit. I'll just kind of quick cap of this. I I went to a Jeremiah Johnson uh, conference recently. It's in the last six or eight months, and he really preached. Um, a hard word. I spent the entire preach that he had on my knees and he talked specifically about history and life and testimony. This will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony is actually what happens as you come into Christ. 
It's his testimony of the Christ in me. So what happens after that is what we overcome through. That's, that's the testimony we're looking for. Prior to that is a lot of history. And often, and I was guilty of it, I built a camp on my history and preached on my history. And I really realized I wasn't preaching the gospel. I was preaching some self-help manual, kind of, you know, lead people to some kind of form of goodness, but not his goodness. And not, the, mm. the, you know, the truth came out, but I focused too much on the negative part of it. So I, I often, when people ask me that question, you know, tell me about this and whatever, you know, um, I was, people want the gory and the more miserable and stuff. Like bottom line, I was a drug addict, alcoholic, junkie, abusive man, horrible human being, monster that had no love in his heart and hated anything and everything that stood for authority or power over me. Um, so that was basically the world. Um, and I had no desire to bend or bow to anything and tell I hit rock bottom and was completely broken and realized that I couldn't do this on my own strength. The Lord showed up, started transforming my life, uh, got sober in an AA program, took me a year and a half to say the name Jesus. It wouldn't come out of my mouth. Um, as a kid, I was in church, baptized on a Sunday. By Tuesday, I'd smoked some weed. By Wednesday, I'd messed around with some girl somewhere. And by the next Sunday, I was, the, I was told I was going to hell, um, you know, because there was no hope for me. And a list of rules without the power. And we're talking about the power of the power of the Holy Spirit to, to, to allow me to follow them or lead me to follow them uh, is, leads to death. That law leads to death. And so there's life in that truth and spirit. And so I, I walk in that, you know, spirit and truth today that uh, empowers me to get free from my addictions. You know, I was addicted to alcohol, drugs, porn, lust, sex, money, you know, if it, if it made you feel the least bit um, different or, or changed your uh, disposition or whatever it was, um, it, I was addicted to it. And a lot of that came through rage and anger and violence too, because I was able to force my will upon the world and um, manipulate and control. And whew, like that's, when I start talking about that old guy, it is hard to imagine because minus the tattoos and a few scars here and there, like he's gone. Like he's, he's so far buried and dead. And I talk about him like he's uh, another person because it wasn't who I was ever supposed to be. Um, on the other hand of that side of it, I use that experience to touch lives daily. Uh, we were in Knoxville. I mean, talking to the meth addicts and the people on the street and you know the people in churches, wherever I go, but there's so much hurt and brokenness. Um, you know, I sit for almost an hour with this girl this last Saturday, and I just told her, I, I mean, Lord gave me a bunch of really specific words of knowledge about her and her addiction. And, when, and I told her, and she's like, who are you? What's going on? And we get into this conversation. I said, you're five and a half years sober, but you're still miserable. Like mm -hmm. you, still, you still don't have love. You still have so much shame and guilt. And he's here to take it away if you'll just receive it. I got to think about it. And she went back and forth. And I know she's coming. Like, it's, like it, was, it was one of those pushover tipping points. Uh, there was too much Holy Spirit showed up. She got touched too heavily. Uh, and it is a taste and see gospel. I, I mean, I stay real simple. Taste it. You'll taste it. It's better than anything else you've ever had in this world. Everything else has been a counterfeit. And once you've had the real thing, you'll never come back. Go back to it. No, you will go back to it, but you won't stay there. Because it's not a guarantee. But I just know people that will dabble back in their mess. Um, and then all of a sudden they come out and they're like, wait a minute, what was I thinking? Like, you know, and, and that's part of that goodness and kindness that leads people to true repentance, yeah. hit your knees. And all of a sudden the stuff's just getting cleansed from your body. So thank you, Lord.
Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So <laughs> it's incredible, bro. <laughs> you know, everyone had written you off as just, he's a lost cause. And Jesus said, no, he's just lost, but he is found. And so can you share with us a little bit? Like, it sounds like there was religion kind of tied in with your yeah. belief of Jesus. What changed between that religious mindset and what you experienced in your true breakthrough? Wow. Um, so we were raised Southern Baptist. My dad was an ordained minister at a pretty young age and walked away from being a pastor and preacher and to doing some other stuff and um, good works, but he just had got a kind of early bitterness for, for the Lord and situations. They lost a child to late term miscarriage and it just, he couldn't, he couldn't recover. He still has a hard time with it. Uh, just recently, 78 years old, got touched by the Holy Ghost. Woo-hoo! So there's, there's always hope. There's always hope. And yeah. He's now on fire as well. Oh, but that's great. Ra- raised in that environment, like, so that's my, my, my core family. My exterior family was fire preaching, Pentecostal. Uh, my great uncle was, you know, the Billy Graham of the Ozarks. Uh, oh, wow. Pentecostal <laughs> Billy Graham of the Ozarks. He ran around running tent revivals and all this kind of stuff. And so as a kid, I would come into those tent revival meetings or go to his church and listen to him preach and the fire and the, and the, I mean, it was, you know, and they're talking in tongues and it's a full gospel. They're believing the whole deal. And, you know, I was taught, stay away from this. Don't do that. Don't listen to this. That's them. They're bad, bad, bad. Now the other side of it is my uncle was also a womanizing misogynistic, uh, you know, just wild man, a slumlord, all these things that I saw the truth of. So I would listen to him on a Sunday beat that Bible and tell you how you don't do this while you're going to that and that with his wife and children and his mistress and children on the front row. Um, mm-hmm. And so knowing these things, I saw the hypocrisy in, in religion. I saw the, the, the craziness and in, in, in the weakness in the Baptist side of it because it just didn't do anything for me. Baptized, like I said, and running wild in a week and figured I'm just going to hell. Might as well enjoy my ride. Um, and for 20 mm-hmm. some years, that's what I did. Um, I mean, I took it to the limit, pushed it over the limit, ran it off the cliff a few times and uh, just expected, um, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't plan on living past 25. That was a true story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, and the, I hit 25, uh, bought a house, got married and had a child in a year. <laughs> so I went from one extreme to the other and then started trying to do life and it didn't work out. But, but the transformation happened when I abandoned all of my thoughts and ideas and was hit with um, a reality that I, I wanted to live, but didn't know how to live. I didn't want to die anymore, but I didn't know how to live. And slowly over time, and my wife that I'm married to, that, that took me as a friend from 77 days sober into every church meeting, every uh, home meeting. I didn't like going into regular churches. Um, but I went one place after another trying to just seek. And I was seeking something. Um, didn't know it was going to be this first meeting. I walked into a uh, house meeting, good friends of ours, walked up to the front door, knock on the door. This guy answers the door. He's got a beard down to here and covered in tattoos. And I think I might be at the wrong house. Cause I thought this was a <laughs> Christian service. Yeah. And I, I looked at him and he introduced himself. Now I don't come in the house. I'm standing at the threshold. I literally won't walk in yet. And I just said, Hey man, 
bleh, and I told him my whole life story, abusive situations, you know, stuff, drug addiction, the things I'd done. I mean, I, I vomited it all like right there in the foyer of his home. Mm. And he looks at me and goes, man, bro, you got, you got a heck of a story there. Like, if you stick around, you'll find out a lot of us here do. And I was like, that's it? Like, that's, uh. and so I'm going to cry because this, this, this family loved me back to life. Wow. You know, they, they looked at me and I saw in that man's eyes this forgiveness possibility, this hope and this love that could only come from something I'd never seen before. And this guy knew Jesus. And the last thing I told him before I walked in is I, I promised him, I said, man, I said, if, you, if you'll let me come in, I promise I won't steal anything. And he just laughed. He's like, why would you steal stuff? I was like, it's just part of who I am. He goes, okay. And that was it. I walked in and the tears I have now, I mean, literally walked in, they're worshiping. I got in the corner. I put my head down. I don't know how to pray. I don't really know what this is. I don't want to acknowledge a God uh, because that would mean that it, I was wrong and I'm a man and that's hard to do. And I wept and that went on for almost six months. Uh, I would show up every meeting. I would sit in the corner and just weep tears of shame and guilt, shame and guilt, shame and guilt. I couldn't get past it. And a friend walked up one day and was preaching at that meeting. And he preached the simple message of the cross, simple message of the cross. And I just, it can't be that simple. It can't be that easy. He wants to just take all this from me. And I remember having, I had had a lot of supernatural things happening too. The Lord was really pressing in on me. And um, he appeared to me that night and literally placed his hand on my shoulder. And mm. I listened to this gospel message with the Lord's hand on my shoulder. I asked him, I said, what do you want? Like, what do you want? And he just whispered so soft and tender. And he's like, I just want all of you. I just, I just want all of you. And I said, and this was my surrender. No sinner's prayer. No, you know, this and that and the other. My surrender and beginning to this whole thing was fine. Take it. Because my life was trash still. Yeah. I'm sober at this point, but I'm, I'm miserable. I'm, I'm worse off now than I ever was before because I didn't have the drugs and the alcohol to cover up my pain. And I was more suicidal and, and, and worse off than I'd ever been. And I said, take it. And I'm going to tell you, the, and I use this example all the time, the shame and guilt was on the same coin that he flipped over to grace and mercy in a moment. And mm. within, I mean, immediately I, I stopped weeping uh, the shame and guilt. And I weep like I do now because I know his grace and mercy that he's poured out on my life. Um, it's a blessing to be able to speak to you. It's a blessing to be able to breathe the air that I have. And um, do I, I don't deserve any part of it, but he keeps saying, you're a son and you deserve so much more. Who does that? You know, um, yeah. by all rights, I don't, I shouldn't be allowed, afforded joy and, and peace in my life because um, I should have to pay, the world says, and he paid the debt and I'm truly, I'm truly set free. Um, I walk in a crazy joy and a peace that, I, that, that uh, shocks me. Um, I don't keep it at home as well as I'd love to with the kids and family and the wife. Um, it's the thing the Lord, Lord's been, you know, tenderizing my heart a little more on, but it's there and it's accessible. And before the heart was so hard, there was nothing. There was, wasn't anything there. So. Yeah. That's a pretty dramatic cutting point, <laughs> you know, of going, wow. My dad had, he told me that he went to a, a picnic, a church picnic that his, his folks were going to. And the pastor knew him and my dad was just, just really lost, lost and hurt. And the pastor just said, Hey, how are you doing? Or he said, are you working? And he said, no, huh. I'm not working. No one wants me. Wow. And 
the pastor said, Jesus wants you. Yep. That was, that was it. That was all it took. And Holy spirit just hit my yep. dad in the head <laughs> and thank you, Jesus. Uh, it changed that, that one moment that pastor yep. doesn't know that pastor doesn't know all the messages that he spoke. Yeah. All that took was that one word for Holy Spirit to work through him to yeah. change generations. Yeah. Incredible. That you know that that's the God we serve. Yeah. It's amazing. We take for granted when we're just flinging seed around, whether it just be telling somebody yeah. to have a blessed day, I love you, and yeah. Jesus loves you at the gas station or the grocery store. We just take it for granted. I've I have I have thousands and thousands of testimonies that people have co contacted me afterwards and said, you don't know what that one word meant. You don't mm -hmm. know what that one thing you did. I know a guy that has a, a radical transformational Jesus wrecked his life testimony over a bottle of water and a bag of Cheetos I gave him. Um, and he, he literally, he says, what did you put in those Cheetos, man? And it was just, <laughs> and, I, and I had nothing. I had nothing. I was at the end of my day. Yeah. I see a guy on the side of the road. I stopped and I just give it to him. I prayed over him and told him Jesus loves him, walked off. And we ran into each other years later. He goes, you're the Cheeto guy. And I'm like, what? And so we have, we just <laughs> have the power of life and death in our tongue. Yeah. How, how much are we using it? And then so much of the seed we throw, we have no clue, like how we're receiving, like who's receiving it. Um, and it's not our job. I, I, I no. have to tell myself all the time, the sower's job's not to, you know, to, to, to test the roots and the soil and all this stuff. And it's to sow seed, to sow seed and just to keep sowing it. So, yeah. yeah. And it's always a, it's always an honor to be able to see some of those seeds grow, mm. you know, some of those, you know, oh, yeah. but we're storing treasure in heaven at the same time, yep. you know, and that's, that's Lord, take it all, you know, whatever. I, I, I every six to 10 months, somewhere in that period, I'll get into some place of ministry hurt or people, something, whatever. And I'll just have this morning time prayer, Lord, you got to show me some fruit. I just feel like I'm useless, blah, 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 you know, blah, all this stuff. And man, my phone will blow up that day, one wow. email after another, after text message, after phone calls, after running into somebody on the street corner. And finally around noon, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> like you, you've aligned me properly now. Like I realize, like my, wife, my life is not a waste. Like I'm yeah. actually doing something. It just doesn't feel like it too often. Um, and so you asked me like what my life looked like after this transformation. Yeah. I was so radically changed in that moment that the next day I started a street ministry. <laughs> wow. now, and so I, I, I began that day go, because now, see, I, I had always been a giving person, even in the midst of all of my horribleness, I've had robbed from somebody to give to somebody else. Like, but I felt like I was doing good because I gave, you know, somebody, I mean, seriously, it's, it's life. And I, I, I had something now to give to people. Now, the problem is I didn't have the gospel anchored in me very well, but I did have this crazy new overwhelming love and a sense of freedom that you need to hear about. So I, I, the, the name of our ministry is Reckless Love, and it, it was named after that, it, the process of me climbing into burned down crack houses, going into you know, uh, shady hotels where they're cooking meth, and just sharing what I've, this, this, this simple gospel message. There's the cross laid at his feet. He'll set you free. And they're like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm over here getting high. Like I'm not down with that, you know? And, and but I kept going after it. And uh, shortly after that period of time, I prayed a need for someone to help me. 
and I, and I can't share my testimony without talking about Brent Kelly, the, the church that I'm in, pastors it and stuff. And he came along in my life and literally just, I didn't know he was discipling me. <laughs> uh, we, we had lunch every week. I would talk about the lust issues I had and the women I was trying to sleep with and, and you know, this and that and the other. And the whole time I'm using the language of the streets, and the, the, you know, my people kind of thing. And uh, the, he's corrected me twice in all of our six and a half years, seven years of knowing each other. And the first, the, the, the first correction was, you can't preach the gospel using the F word. <laughs> and I was like, bro, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about, man. That's just because he went out in the streets with me. I took him down to some of the places when we first met that I had been preaching at. And like we get in the car and he's just like, he's disturbed. He's like, hey, man, I got to say something like you can't, uh, you can't, you can't do that. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about, man. That's just how I roll. And I will like the next week I open my Bible you know, let no foul word proceed from your mouth. A man cannot bless and curse out the same mouth. Uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I was like, are you trying to tell me something? And he's like, yeah, that's got to go. And I was like, ah. And so what's wild now is I'm around people on the streets and they're always apologizing for the language. They're apologizing yeah. for the smoke. They're apologizing for the smell of beer on them. They're apologizing for the vomit they're sitting in. And I'm, and I'm sitting there going, man, I get it. Like, and they look at me and know it because I'm not judging them. I'm not looking at them with any kind of, uh, a lens of, you know, other than you're better than this. And that's the beauty of this process through Christianity. AA tried to teach me a once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, yeah. once a drug addict, always a, a drug addict that, you know, you can't change this. The leopard can't change its spots. You know, once you're a pickle, you can't go back to being a cucumber. And I'm saying, no, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I had to walk away from that mess. But what I found was, is that when I speak to these people, I'm able to tell them like, when you realize that you were never created to be a drug addict or an alcoholic, that, that the, the, the hunger I was looking for was the spirit of the Lord to fill this place inside of me, to give me that, to make me feel the way I want to feel. Like he is the, he is the fount that doesn't run dry. And if I can flow in him, like, I'm, I mean, I already feel the spirit on me now. And, I, and people mm. that are listening to this are beginning to encounter him because that's what I believe is happening. Like there's an expectation I put that right now as my words are being released, somebody's sitting there contemplating a bad idea and the Lord is bringing an intervention and it's not about taking your family and sending you off to some camp somewhere and making you go through a long process. I'm not against rehab, but what the Lord can do in a moment right now, if you'll allow him. So if you'll just open your hearts, honestly, I'm speaking to somebody, I can literally see mm -hmm. someone at a table with a bottle of pills and a bottle of whiskey contemplating their life right now. Mm. Lord, move on them right now yeah. and let them just make that decision to dump the bottle out, crush the pills and do whatever and be free. Because freedom is, it's, it's everything you were looking for, for that two and a half minutes of getting high or that two and a half minutes of something else. Like it, it, and it's attainable to walk yeah. in day to day. I don't slip. I slip out of this occasionally. Yeah, I'm at my moments. But every time I do, the cycles get smaller and smaller to, yeah. to come back to him, to come back to him, to come back to what I was created to be. I was never created to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. I was, I'm, I'm, I was created fearfully and wonderfully and in the, in the, in perfect in his image, he says. And so if those things are true, why would he put that in my system? And the truth is the drugs and alcohol were the counterfeit for the real. And when I get the real, I'm, I'm soaring. From the day I began walking on the streets, I saw people get out of wheelchairs and backs healed, didn't know what I was doing. Uh, saw people's addictions get broke off, like audible sound of the addiction being cracked. Uh, praying for meth addicts in the alley and, and watching 
I mean, I didn't know what it was. I had, I had no grid for this and no one was teaching me. I just knew that I had something and I went out and did it. And I'd get back in the car after I'd pray for these people and I'd sit there and the fear of the Lord would fall on me. And I, I mean, you talk about working your faith out in your working faith out in fear and trembling. I shook in the car and I would just go, God, what are you doing? He goes, it's okay. What you just did and blah, blah. And he would explain things to me, he ran into demonic spirits and saw devils mm. cast out, called yeah. people. And I was like, okay, I quit. Like I just saw a guy with like, it looked like visible hornish things. He looks totally like a gargoyle attacked me in an alley. And when I spoke the name of Jesus, he ran with like fire chasing him. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's, I mean, I had to have someone explain this to me because I'm, I'm already feeling a little bit crazy. And I talk about it freely now because I want to inspire and encourage other people to chase after the more of God because it's so available and not just sit in a pew and not just, you know, ride a chair or not just be the next great something, but just let him take you and father you into all things. That's the, you know, the Holy Spirit searches the deep truths of the father, all deep truth. I get, I get access to this wisdom, this knowledge, this understanding that is beyond whew, that, that my, my mental capacity uh, but I have stuff flat on my mouth all the time. I'm like, Ooh, I love it when Holy Spirit makes me look wise because I didn't even know that. Uh, he's just too good to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember like the first time you saw someone healed or someone delivered? After? Yeah, man. Um, we had, and, and so I have no identity message in me. And I had decided that the AA clubhouse where I was at all the time, was going to be my mission field. I felt the Lord had made me an alcoholic to be there to, to minister to these people. Now, inside the clubhouse, inside the place, we're supposed to be non-religious. We're not supposed to talk about Jesus and anything else. It's, although it's sad because the tenets of AA were founded upon sure. a, a heavy movement of Christ, um, but reform and things. But So I decided to start trying to minister down there. And there's a girl that um, I had just known for a while and she was just a mess. So she is, um, and I'm going to list them all because it's, it's worth listing. Uh, she's a Jewish lesbian with um, scoliosis, mm. an um, autoimmune disease, and something. I mean, there's like nine different things that um, she, she was carrying on top of her alcoholism and drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And while I was speaking to her, and the Lord has always talked to me in visions, visual stuff. While I was speaking to her, I saw a picture of her standing out on the street corner holding a, a big poster board that said, Hi, my name is Mary. I'm an alcoholic, Jewish, drug addict, lesbian, such and such. Blah. And it was a list of all of her qualities. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the Lord say, turn the sign around, and it said, Mary's my daughter. Wow. And I didn't understand identity. I didn't know what I was preaching. I didn't know what I was talking about. But I told her, I said, can I tell you what Jesus, now I'm cl- claiming the name, just showed me. And she says, okay. And she didn't, she was so anti, like, hate, she was angry. Um, just all, a lot of pent up bitterness. And I, and I told her, I said, um, I see this picture. And I told her the picture. You're standing on the street corner and you're claiming all these things. And I said, if you turn it around and the Lord says, you're his daughter. I said, doesn't that sound a whole lot better? And she just looked at me and wept. And she says, that sounds amazing. And I said, I'm going to put my hand on your back. And I put my hand on her back. And when I touched her back and began to pray, and I don't know what I prayed, um, and it wasn't a healing prayer. It wasn't a commanding the, the infirmity to leave and like all these things that we talk about. It was literally 
the compassion of Christ within me, calling her out to who she was. And when I did, and she received it, all the symptoms, all the sickness, her back straightened almost three and a half inches. She got taller. She went from being on a walker and a cane to being able to walk normally. Uh, she got off her medications. Um, I mean, everything clicked in a minute, started dating a guy. I'm just telling you, like, I'm, it's a true story. Like everything yeah. changed. And I, that was one of like, you know, I have this written log somewhere. I'd have to hunt it down. But in the first 90 days of walking with Christ, I saw 240 some miracles, wow. like, like wild healing miracles. I saw cancer defeated. I saw a homeless guy that I prayed for get new kidneys on the spot at the mission. Didn't know what I was praying for. I mean, I just, as I was praying for him, I thought, my Bible says to make all things new. And I, I'm standing firm on this all things new because that's what's keeping me from being alcoholic. Well, you have kidney issues. Let's just make all things new. We make a simple prayer. All things be made new. The mm. guy leaves. I meet him later. Uh, he, he, he was on a transplant list. Like he's dying. Like he's jaundiced and eyes, you know, bloodshot and yellow and completely brand new kidneys and healed like a hundred percent. And there was multiples over and over and over and over and over again. Wow. The interesting thing was when all this happened, I, I started trying to get connected with the church because I felt like I was flapping in the wind and I needed something to help me, you know, disciple me, root me into something. The, the Lord had done work in 90 days that like, I can't explain to you in 90 days, 230 some miracles. Like I could have built a ministry off of that for the rest of my life. And some of the stuff, there's more like wild stuff, blind eyes open and people, you know, just, just, I was just, okay, let's pray for it and see what happens. And the Lord would move. Um, long story short is though, I get connected into some church groups and I, and I'm, I hate to be anti-church. I love I, the church is the bride, all these things. But one of the first things that often people want to do when they hear about these things is try to, well, you know, man, let's see what we can do. You know, you, you don't, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to this, you don't want to get burned out. They, you know, they, they started using all this language to reel me in, to keep me under wraps. Uh, they wanted me to get under their covering and all these different words that I didn't understand, but I felt that they had some kind of authority and wisdom. So maybe they could talk me, help me out. Um, and I, I mean, I would talk about, I got sicker after that um, than I was when I was out like in the world because I had found a new life, a new purpose and everything else. And somebody was wanting to put my you know light under a bushel and it went, Long story short is I went through several of those moments of trying to wrap in the same person. And then I meet Brent and Brent got me plugged into this, this new life and, and, you know, visiting heaven and all this kind of stuff and blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. And, and he was brought me back to that place of, Hey, we're not, I don't want to slow you down. I want to walk with you and empower you in whatever it is the Lord has for you to do. And that's, um, He's made this statement, but I've also said it too. There's nothing like having, and I say this on the streets all the time, uh, looking at somebody and going, hey, Doc, I, I believe in you. I believe in this podcast and what you're doing. I believe in the heart that the Father's put in you. I believe in you. And, and no, we don't seek the praises of men, but when someone says it with sincerity, when someone looks at the camera or here on the audio and whoever's listening to it, that, that there's someone who believes in you, Oh, cause I didn't, no one believed in me for much. Um, they believed in me for all the wrong things. They didn't believe for, you know, the positive side of it. So having a cheerleader, having a champion, um, you know, the Jesus says to go out and do these things that I've taught you, all these things that I've taught you. And it looks like walking with people while they're stealing from the treasury, walking with people while they're denying them, walking with people while they abandon them at the cross. Like this looks like doing all these things that they were taught. 
um, and, and, and done in a way that only Christ could do. And we replicate it and we see the, the same transformation in lives. So, good Lord. Well, Aaron, <laughs> we're talking to the person right now that, that maybe they've been in church their whole life. They've never seen yeah. anyone healed. They've never seen anyone delivered, you know, or they're a brand new believer or they're not a believer. Yeah. But they want to walk in power. They want to see people healed. They want to see yeah. captives set free. What do you say to that person? All right. So um, hear my heart. <laughs> outside of the word of God, stay away from all the teachings and Bibles. And all the, outside of the Bible, stay away from all the books and teachings. Um, because, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with them. Dig into them and it, as the journey continues down the, down the road, whatever. But the most valuable thing you can, you can get in the beginning of any of this walk is a conversational relationship with the Father that looks like, I don't know what I'm doing. He goes, it's okay, but I'm, I'm completely lost. You'll be all right. I trust you. You trust me? Yeah, you're my son. Ugh. Like in that moment, I, 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 I have more than a faith of mustard seed. I have the faith in the Father's conversational belief in me. You know, a man believes in me is one thing. When the Father starts believing, you know, you believe that he believes in you. Um, I made you to be this way. I, I made, you know, and he's, he's feeding. So develop that intimate, close relationship apart from po podcast <laughs> all the but, but I'm it's just true you, like you know youtube videos we wear out a lot of this external stuff and he's wanting to do you know the inside of the cup's got to get clean and so it looks like getting on your face with him getting on your knees and just come to him pour his grace out on the humble i, I got about 10 verses i cling to you know, seek him first in his righteousness and all things will be added to it. That includes healing, prophecy, power, all things will be added to it. Seek him first in his righteousness and all things. It's an abundance. Finances added to it. It all comes. But I have to, he's the heart. Um, he's the prize. He's, he's the thing that, that, um, that I don't just claim, but I, I have, a, he's all I want. He's, it, the rest of it's a byproduct of just being a son. Um, and so if you are so busy in the the studying and the uh, there's some great supernatural schools i've got i'm signed up for a couple of things you know down the road and, and want to get involved in more because i i'm hungry you know, when you, uh, you know those are thirst for hunger you know righteousness uh, hungry hungry get more and so there's there's a there's a there's a built-in that's going to happen but there's it's foundationally for me important to build it on um just a, 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 i'm lost i'm broken i have no clue lord i don't know how to pray for sick people you know, and, and what's beautiful is he'll just start revealing that, that heart. And it's also when I approach people on the streets with my methodology and my theology and my docs and all these different, you know, stuff that's bouncing around everywhere, they smell something when you approach them with all that stuff. When I approach someone on the streets and I just look them in the eye and I just say, hey, man, do you know your love today? And, and there's a sincerity and a reality to it that people go, no. I needed to hear that. And I mean, that's more ministry than all the textbooks could have taught. That's all. I mean, and I tell people all the time, like, I don't, don't feel like I have anything to give. And I'm like, do you, do you love him? Do you love Jesus? Tell people that you love Jesus and because you love him and he loves them that you in turn love them. Like there's this ability to, if I, if I know God and don't love men and have hate in my heart, I, I, I don't have love. Like there's love to be shared. And it looks like it doesn't have to be words. And it can be a hug. It can literally just wash somebody's feet, like whatever that, that serving, loving heart looks like, 
um, it reveals and breaks off more and has a deeper impact than all of my, uh, you know, techniques and stuff. Um, as I, as you go, you know, I love that as you go type ministry, the Lord will build and add on to that. Um, but here's the truth that there's, a, we are too equipped. <laughs> the world is too equipped and not willing uh, and too equipped and not obedient. So obedience doesn't come from equipping. Obedience comes from listening to his voice and doing what he says. And Jesus came and whether he's equipped or not doesn't matter, but he says, I only do what the father says. So he's, he's responding to and, and doing because he's being told. And that will trump any degree, any years of, I promise you, I can take somebody who's fresh, just believed. And also I love to take people that are non-believers and let them lay hands and pray for people in the name of Jesus with, with it's wild, man. You want to, you want to wreck somebody. Uh, we did this this last in Knoxville, uh, had a young kid pray for somebody else that was there. The girl's hands like, I don't feel any pain right now. And I'm like, and the kid's just like, didn't you have to minister? I don't have to bring him to the, to the seven yeah. mountains of God. He just, he just got touched and he felt the power of God move through him. And, and I know for a fact that will ruin you for life because uh, you'll be 90 years old in a wheelchair going, he let me do that one time. And I was, I was a dirty blah, 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 you know, and that's, that's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So that's, that's the, the basics of it, you know? Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to get the preaching in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Aaron, this is so good. Well, it's just been an honor to have you guest yeah, with man. us here share with us you know uh, i just i love you and i'm so excited about what's coming yeah you know and if if you folks listening want to get in touch with aaron we'll have links to that in the show notes but yeah man that'd be awesome that'd be awesome yeah yeah my, so, my uh, phone usually blows up with uh messages after these things i'm telling you <laughs> dude like every time i do any kind of little interview stuff i get people uh, my brother's this, my uncle that. I got stuff. I got some awesome testimonies. I'm going to share a real quick one. One that's yeah. cool. I, I've been doing stuff on TikTok. This, oh yeah. This young kid sees one of my videos on TikTok, and he's wrapped in addiction. Okay. Calls his brother and tells his brother about the videos, and he's ready to make a change in his life. Maybe he uh -huh. goes back out in the world doing his thing. The brother is a friend of mine on Facebook, messages me and asks me to pray for his brother. He doesn't know that my name's not been mentioned yet. Oh, but wow. he knows. So he tells me, I send a word back to the brother and tell his brother to get in contact with me because what I saw was him walking down from a, uh, paddling in from a surf and that the ocean kept pushing him out and the addiction was, and I said, it's time to paddle. It's time to abandon all this mess and make your way to the shores of grace. And, and that's the, I sent the, there's more to it, but that's the basis of the word yeah. I sent. When the brother sends it back to the, the other brother that's got the addiction, it's got my name attached to it. And wow. he realizes that I'm the one that, that he saw on TikTok. I sent him a prophetic word. He's undone. This is Jesus. Oh, like, yeah. And this is the use of technology. Like, There's yeah. no limits to what the Holy Spirit's capable of doing. And you don't think that kid now has a confirmation and complete knowledge that the Lord is after his heart in a powerful way. Like it's, it's, it, and there's, it's just, a, you know, surrender is a matter of time. 
Uh, I, I took mine for a really long time. I like to negotiate. I'm like, well, what if we did this? What if I could keep my sex and my, and my, my whiskey and, and my fast cars? And, what, what, you know, and this was literally a 28-year process of coming to a place of going, okay, Lord, take it. Because I, I, it's not working out real well for me. But those, those kind of testimonies I thrive off of because it's the supernatural that when people tell me God's not real, I'm like, bro, come hang out for a day. Let's go walk to Walmart and yeah. I'll show you the Lord. He, he's, he's anxious to, and he's not afraid to show off. He's not afraid to, uh, to make himself manifest in front of others who scoff and make fun of. Um, he's, you know, Jesus did it all through the biblical times while the Pharisees and the Sadducees told him, you can't, you won't. And he's healing people in the synagogues. I mean, Jesus, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll link to your TikTok too, because what Holy Spirit's doing through that is <laughs> <It's> unreal. <been laughs> yeah. It's just awesome. It's been wild. <laughs> it, it's one of those things that only the Lord could do. It, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, just insane. I mean, yeah. for us, it's insane, but it's it's just yeah. <laughs> what a thrill to get to be a part of something so yeah, special. Man. Well, we got to do some more stuff, bro. I enjoyed this too much. You're, yeah, you get for together. sure. We'll get some. We'll get some kind of something started. I'd love that. Yeah, let's make yeah, it man. happen. Well, All as right. we uh, head out, can you just pray for the folks yeah. listening right Thank now? You, Lord. Lord, I thank you right now that you are making known that your yoke is truly easy and your burden is light. That anyone that's in this uh, watching, listening, whatever it looks like, it, there's a desire in their heart that, that you'll grant that desire as they delight in you. That's what your word says. So Lord, let them, let you become that delight in their heart. Let you become that, that thing that they seek first before they wake up in the morning and they, they pop out of bed and they, their, their mind become just focused on Jesus, that their eye truly becomes singular. They'd be filled with light. In this world of darkness, we need more shining bright lights, Lord. I thank you that you're moving on hearts right now. You're awakening people that they are sons and daughters, that the spirit is real and truth. It's here. It's available. It's moving on hearts right now. And I'm going to add one last thing that, that we're activating. You're, you're being awakened. But right now, Lord, any of those that are sick, I just hear sickness uh, and I see people with injuries and things. Lord, just begin to move on those body parts, hurt shoulders, mm -hmm. hips, ankles, knees, backs, headaches, leave. Lord, just touch bodies from yeah. their head to the soles of their feet and just release your presence over them, that healing presence that only you yeah. can do. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Just move on hearts and souls. Set us free, Lord, yeah. so we can just be free to do what you've called us to do. And pray these things, Lord, in your mighty name. Lord, let your name be mighty. Let your name be just proclaimed in this land today. In Jesus' name. Yeah. If you experience that touch from the Lord, make sure you reach out because the yeah. testimony yeah. Of, Je of Jesus, it's what it's all about. Yeah, come on. Thank you for listening. Please share this episode. Have questions? Email spiritfusions at gmail.com.